Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick, and today I'm joined by two guests, Giorgio Natili and Sean Olszewski. Giorgio is the founder of SwiftFest as well as the software development manager for the Kindle rendering team at Amazon in Seattle. And Sean is a co-organizer of SwiftFest and LearnSwift Boston, as well as a software engineer at Pivotal Labs in Boston. Welcome to the show, Giorgio and Sean. Gary, thanks so much. I'm super excited to be part of the show and I'm very happy to have a chance to speak with you and Sean today. Yeah, Gary, thank you very much for having us on. I'm f- glad I got, finally get to e-meet you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm really excited to learn about Swift, uh, Swift Fest and uh, all the you know, Swift-related community work that you guys are doing in Boston. Um, I know about it a little bit through Matt Dias, uh, helped him start, uh, in a way, Learn Swift Boston. And it was actually the first, second... Uh, Learn Swift uh, meetup, if that makes sense. And uh, it's just so cool to see that, you know, my little bit of help, which was just like really a phone call, you know, with Matt and whatever else he might tell you, you know, um, could spawn like uh, other things like this. Uh, I talked with Matt and it sounds like he's also involved in the in the conference. So, you know, in some ways it's related, you know. Uh, I just, it's really cool. I, I mean, I don't want to take like too much credit or anything, but I do <laughs> feel like you should. connected. I feel connected at least, you know, and it's like really cool, yeah. like all the way across the country. Like, um, yeah, we're just doing, doing things for the Swift community. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely, man. I know one, I share all the same excitement of building these communities. And also I'm excited to simply get some time to talk with you, knowing that you sort of have created such a great network. I just want to uh, quickly call out that Matt's excited in the other room. I'm actually in his apartment right now, so he's happy to be facilitating this conversation through proxy. Yeah. Go, Matt. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about all that, Giorgio? Well, I think that it's uh, the exciting part of communities. It's exactly this for me. I love seeing people connecting from every, every part of the world or every part of the country and uh, sharing a passion and make it happen. And that's uh, that's exactly what uh, what has happened uh, when uh, I met Sean and and Matt, for instance. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so thanks. Yes, so thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to talk about all that, um, all of this. Why don't we go back to uh, sort of the beginning? Uh, I introduced Giorgio. We talked about being the founder of Swift Fest. I want to learn about that. But since most of this conversation is going to be about SwiftFest, we also said that you are the uh, software development manager of the Kindle rendering team. So briefly, can you just tell us about that? Um, like, is that doesn't necessarily sound like it has anything to do with Swift, but I'm sure in some ways it does. So just give us like a kind of overview of like what you do there and uh, how it might relate to to Swift. Absolutely, absolutely. So imagine that my job is to lead the teams that decide how every single page on a Kindle book is laid out on iOS, on Android, on Mac, and on PC. And the code base, it's a fantastic C++ code base that is shared among the platforms. So that's why... I get exposed daily on a daily basis on different platforms, and guess what? iOS and then Swift, it's the predominant one. My team actually built the layer that is deciding how the content is laid out, and through another layer that is a kind of a facade of uh, of a facade around uh, our rendering engine, communicate with different application layers, and one of these is our iOS app that is uh, used on a daily basis by millions of users and have a solid uh, representation of Swift inside it. Okay, so let me see if I understand. You you work on the rendering team, and this team builds a rendering engine that is used by all the different platforms. And so Kindle Kindle is like also it's a hardware product, but it's also a software product, right? Like you can mm-hmm. download Kindle books and you can read them on different platforms, correct? That's correct, absolutely. Okay, and so one of the platforms is iOS. Like, I can download the Kindle app from my iPhone, and um, 
the the way that the text the book is laid out in the iPhone app like all the text is under the hood like using your rendering engine yes that's correct okay and like doesn't UIKit have stuff um, built in for like laying out text like why why would we want to use like something custom like that um, not that it's like open source but like why would you guys want to do that versus just using whatever iOS provides because uh, we are designing our digital experience in a different way our reading our content it's uh, uh, exposed to the customers to a through a reflowable architecture that uh, make things a little bit different most of the other experience layout books, layout content, uh, pretty similarly to a PDF. Our experience is completely different because um, the way the page is layout depends on several factors like screen density, resolution, font, and so on. And it's uh, absolutely a flow. On top of that, we have things like the page flip that are not supported by default in any platform and we built it by ourselves. We have a bird high view that render all the content uh, and give uh, the opportunity to not just browse a book online, but to really enjoy the experience of reading a real book on a, on a mobile device. Okay, and so the layout engine is written in C++, but the iOS app might be written in Objective-C or Swift, yep. um, but you know, you're able to call the, the layout engine APIs from Objective-C or Swift because I guess what because of C plus plus like interop uh, interop or something or how does that work? Well, it works pretty simply. C plus plus and Swift uh, communicate very well, as well as Android code and C plus plus use the the JNI layer and the architecture is pretty pretty similar, and uh, we have an intermediate layer uh, that uh, uh, standardizes the way every single app uh, communicate with our layer, and then in these middleman that is kind of a facade then the magic of translating it to the appropriate call for iOS and Android for instance happen. So like is there an actual Swift API? Sure. And is that like automatically generated? No. Oh, okay so you actually have to like handwrite the Swift API yes. from the from the C API or whatever. And there is also a lot of design involved in defining these APIs because these APIs then are consumed by our customers. So for me from my teams, there are two different customers, the end customers and the customer that is using our layout engine. Like your iOS developers, in-house iOS developers. Correct. Okay, cool. So you know C++? Yep. Nice, and some of the people on your team know. Sounds like uh, we might have some potential Swift open source contributors. You know, Swift is uh, written in C++, so <laughs> have you guys ever talked about doing that? I don't want to put you on the spot, Giorgio, but... No, you're not putting me on the spot, but uh, yes and no. Uh, there are conversations that are going on. There are uh, things that I cannot disclose. and we'll, I will keep you posted, I promise. Nice. That's what I like to hear. Okay, Sean, so you are a software engineer at Pivotal Labs. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Pivotal Labs is a software consultancy. We work with clients who are typically not only interested in building software, but are interested in learning Pivotal's uh, opinionated development practices. We sort of have three buckets of practices that we'll pass on the clients. Uh, from the engineering end, which I think I'm most interested in definitely, uh, we practice extreme programming. Uh, it's kind of a fancy term that simply means we do all of the things that build quality software taken to an extreme. So day-to-day, uh, -day, like we're pair programming, we're test driving all the code we write, uh, we're making sure everyone kind of gets equal say on anything that's being built. And in doing so, we're working with clients to teach them those same practices so they can build software effectively and quickly as well. Awesome. So are you working with any particular language uh, specifically or can you or platforms or can you kind of do it all? You can do it all, which is part of the reason why I love working there. Uh, we definitely do Swift projects. I've done quite a few. Uh, we've done Objective-C, we'll do React, we'll do .NET. Uh, we, are gener we are a general development shop, as I've heard it called. Everyone's a bit of a polyglot. Uh, and we tend to specialize in craft rather than a particular tech stack. We care more about being good software engineers than we do, say, being an expert on a particular framework that solves a small problem. Awesome. So I have a little bit of familiarity with Pivotal. Uh, Pivotal hosted some of the first 
um, iOS-related meetups that I uh, ever went to. So Cocoa Heads here in L.A. Uh, was uh, hosted at Pivotal Labs in Santa Monica. Shout out to Alex Tomoykin and uh, Mariana Linitis, I believe. I can't remember how to pronounce her last name. But they worked at Pivotal Labs, and uh, they hosted Cocoa Heads there a bunch. And that is actually where I met Garo, who is now my, um, you know, my, what, whatever you call it, your reports to or whatever, right? Like he's my manager, my engineering manager at Tinder. Wow. And that's where I met him. Yeah, he gave a talk. And um, so, yeah, thank you so much to Pivotal Labs for like, you know, hosting us here in L.A. I know you guys have offices in, in, in New York, right? So, but you also have office in Boston. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then when I was working at Farmers, we... Uh, we went through like a little training sort of course at Carbon 5, which I believe in Santa Monica, which I think kind of has the same sort of idea as Pivotal. And we actually used Pivotal in terms of our, uh, it's called Pivotal Tracker, sorry. We used Pivotal Tracker at at Carbon 5. I love Tracker, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I use Tracker every day, even on my home projects. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I ended up uh, using like Rally and Jira and all these different stuff and... uh, I mean, I used Pivotal for just a little bit, but I really enjoyed it. It was like simple, you know. I got my, I got my my ice bucket or whatever, the ice box. Yep, the ice box. I got my backlog and I got my in progress. What's the next one? Uh, yeah, you have ice box. Yeah. yeah, you have ice box, your backlog, and what's been delivered. Right. Yeah, it's like super simple, and then you look at all this other stuff. It's just like so complicated, like Jira and. Anyways, we won't go there. We will not <laughs> go there. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much for telling us about, um, you know, what you're up to right now. It's really important to just, you know, where you get to know where you guys are coming from uh, right now. So, Sean, you're in Boston, uh, Georgia, you're in Seattle, um, but we are here today to talk about SwiftFest, which is in Boston. So why don't, uh, Georgia, why don't you tell us about uh, what SwiftFest is and like how it came about, like why you uh, created it? Absolutely, Gary. So first of all, I want uh, to mention why Boston, because I moved from Boston to Seattle mm, two months ago, something like that. So uh, that's why SwiftFest is supposed to happen the first time in, uh, uh, in Boston. SwiftFest, uh, it's just an idea, as everything probably in the world. And the idea is to have a conference that is completely community-driven, that uh, doesn't uh, obey to any commercial and... Uh, Big, com- big corporates uh, demand, de- and it's independent. Independent in the way the content is uh, exposed, independent in the way in the agenda it's uh, created, and uh, completely based on communities. For instance, in Boston, there are several communities that do good things on mobile. There is Cocoa Ads, NS Coder, Taylor Swift, Mobile Team, and many others. Almost each of this community is represented by co-organizers in SwiftFest. So that's the idea. Uh, creating a conference where people can feel uh, at home, uh, feel welcome, and get the content that you would expect. And the expectations of uh, iOS engineers are very high. And uh, to accomplish that, that's why all the co-organizers are strong engineers that actively code and that solve complex problems every day. And then, Sean, how are you involved in uh, SwiftFest? I've had it's a little bit of a story to how I got involved, but uh, as a co- as a co-organizer, I'm responsible for sort of all you know, getting all the logistics tied down, you know, making code changes to the website. Right now, I have my hands deeply involved in the iOS app that we're building, which is an open source project. If uh, anyone listening is interested in contributing, um, I was originally brought on to SwiftFest as a speaker, uh, and I will be giving a talk there on test suite design and test driven development. So, you know, my hands right now are in everything from making content for the actual conference to making sure we get an app together to helping plan logistics and picking speakers. So kind of a a man wearing many hats. And what did you say is open source? We are currently building an iOS app for the actual conference. So this app will kind of help you navigate the conference, figure out content you're interested in seeing. So right now we have development going on on GitHub for this app. That's awesome. Uh, When I... Uh, was you know I was doing my meetup and uh, you know having having a blast for some reason I just naturally like wanted to do a conference and I've talked about it um, before we even uh, when I was going to all the different meetups like we had uh, we had Coco Heads uh, LA we had Swift LA or no it's called LA Swift 
and like these different meetups, we even had the same kind of feeling about like everybody working together to do a conference and uh, it just, it hasn't happened yet. And uh, maybe one day it will. Um, but I wonder what it is about like, uh, you know, us meetup organizers or, you know, people like doing this, doing this stuff, you know, doing this work that we end up just wanting to make a conference. Uh, I don't know. I guess we just love like bringing people together and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. What do you think? I think like from my end, like when I go to these like individual meetups, I see great people there and I'll see like a talk or two, but whoever is actually at that meetup feels very siloed because it's some day of the, you know, it's some arbitrary day of the month. Life happens. Maybe you can't meet this month. Uh, what I love about conferences and what I'm hoping to do with SwiftFest is get all these meetups together in one spot for two days where you can get your company to like cover you being there, where you can get to see more than one talk about something you find interesting, and you can just sit there and have coffee the entire day and talk about something you find cool. Right, that makes sense. Like, we go, I, I would do my meetup, and it would be like three hours. Uh, it'd be like from seven to ten, and it was actually a good amount of time, um, but at the end of it, I was, I'd be like really excited, but everybody had to go. And with a conference, you're right. It's like, you can kind of be there longer and, um, yeah, just like develop like longer, like longer experiences, like have more kind of deep and yeah, deep and like longer experiences, I guess, as opposed to like these short lived. Um, but the conferences do get like really, um, really draining because it's like, for me, I get so excited and I just like feed off the energy by like the second day, I'm just like, like for instance, I went to Dub Dub, and uh, I was like so tired by like Wednesday because it's just like so much excitement. Um, I think the two day conference is a good idea. I definitely agree with that. Like and the conferences I've gone to that were like a little bit longer than that, I'm a zombie for like a week thereafter. How tired I am, but I'm so excited at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So conference, uh, you know, you have um, Swift, what's it called? Swift Summit, you have Tri Swift, you have all these different kind of conferences. Like, what would you say is like unique? I mean, not that it has to be right. There's nothing wrong with like doing the same kind of conference. Um, when I was creating, uh, I was going to call it, what was I going to call it? Swift, Swift Coders Comp or something like that. When I was doing it, planning it, I wanted to do something different. Um, I wasn't going to do like just a conference like with talks because like the way I run um, our meetups is like it's very hands-on and like session based um, but you know it doesn't have to be like the the conference format is tried and true but what would you say is unique to SwiftFest? Well SwiftFest is not just a conference it's an experience it starts from the from the speakers uh, the co-organizers, the attendees, everybody has a different kind of experience, but it's an experience. So a speaker is um, hosted in one of the top hotels in Boston with a fantastic view on Boston Common, walking distance from the event. An attendee is uh, uh, received in one of the best theaters in Boston, that is Calderwood Pavilion in Tremont Street, and they don't simply look at the talk. They leave the space, that's a theater, and there are things on the stage that are not related to the conference, that is the current show. And the co-organizers, all of them, matters. So it's not a single-man show. It's not that because I'm the founder I dictate something. It's completely different. It's uh, super, super community-driven, and everybody can say whatever, and every, everything that makes sense to the entire group happen, and then cascade on everybody. On top of that, there are small details that I think that uh, create a unique experience, like the party. This year will be on a, on a cruise on the Chartres River, on a fantastic boat that will host uh, all our attendees. And uh, I truly believe that it's uh, different from the standard conference, because the main point is bringing people together. You mentioned it, and it's exactly what, what drives me every time that I think about an event and... Uh, Every time that I ask people to help me to running the event and making it unique. I love the idea of the cruise. Uh, that's so cool. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are doing that. Um, at Swift Summit, they did like a kind of like a little thing after I can't remember which night, you know, the first night, maybe we went to like a bar and IBM sponsored it. Um, but this like this is kind of taking it to another level. Um, not that we have to like go crazy or anything, but like a cool cruise like on the Charles River. I've never uh, seen, I don't think I've seen the river. I've been to Boston for like 24 hours once. Um, 
but that sounds like fun, you know, like that's because a lot of the conferences, you know, you go there and there's like snacks and there's like booths and you hear the talk. Um, but most people are like really excited to meet each other. And like some of the favorite parts are when there is no talk and you're just like you're socializing. And so the fact that you're dedicating, you know, one night and where it's not just like at a bar or, or a club or something like we're going to be just us, I'm assuming uh, mm-hmm. on a cruise um, like that's really cool. I think that's going to be really uh, special. That's that exact scenario is what makes me most excited for the conference. You know, to, to go back to what I said earlier about feeling like I'm, I love meetups. I go to them frequently and like, I want more of that and I want all of us together. There's no better way than doing that in the middle of a river. Um, and the, what, what I feel we're trying to do very strongly is represent Boston as a city in this conference as well. Yeah, so you mentioned that um, offline. You talked about like the Boston community kind of coming together and producing this conference. So can you um, explain that? You actually mentioned a little bit earlier too about like all the different meetups coming together. So can you uh, give us like a little bit more detail on that? For instance, like um, I'm, I'm going to be a little selfish here. Like how, for instance, is Learn Swift Boston involved? So Learn Swift Boston got involved uh, back in the fall. Giorgio actually approached us and said, hey, I'm putting together this conference. It's community driven. We want Boston meetups in the area. Um, can you just like throw some slides in your like intro deck? Uh, you know, here are some tickets and T-shirts to raffle. Uh, by the way, if you know anyone who wants to give a talk, let me know. And that stood out to me. I was like, oh, wow, OK, this is like clearly already a grassroots movement. And on top of that, we have lots of people in our confer- uh, in our meetup who are interested in like going to local conferences because they themselves are local, right? It's a meetup. Uh, so that caught my eye, and I was like, "Ooh, I I myself have never spoken at a conference." So I was like, "I think this is a great opportunity for me and the meetup." So I'm going to reach out to this Giorgio guy. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I can't speak for Matt, but I know he and I were kind of thinking the same thing, and we both submitted uh, proposals ourselves, and both were accepted. Awesome. And um, by Matt, you're referring to Matt Dias, the founder of Learn Swift Boston. He, yep. He's there. Uh, is he right there, like in the room with you right now or what? I believe he might be in the restroom at the moment. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's actually uh, <laughs> he's been writing code this entire time for for his uh, conference workshop. Oh, cool. So you guys are like the the main sort of uh, session leaders of Learn Swift Boston or are there like a lot of other people that are leading sessions now? He and I are like we meet like every two weeks to talk about the next one. We handle all the logistics for it. We put together a lot of content for it, manage, you know, relationships within the community. There's another uh, community member, Zev Eisenberg, who is also a co-organizer of SwiftFest and runs a different meetup and has coders. He is he's been very instrumental in kind of facilitating some workshops and uh, events there as well. So it's it's Matt and I and then occasionally Zev will step in and kind of. Be, uh, act like a co-organizer without the title. That's awesome. And then, Giorgio, what's your sort of first kind of relationship to the Swift or iOS community in Boston? Oh, it was a while ago. So <laughs> in Boston, I founded 40 years ago a meetup, Mobile T. It's all about mobile technologies. And uh, there was um, the time when uh, Swift came out, that was around 40 years ago, that there was a lot of focus. And we did several events focusing on Swift, and then it happened that I started to know a lot of iOS developers around the area, and on top of that, I started to teach Swift for General Assembly. I did it for a couple of years. It was a fantastic experience, and that's my connection to the Boston Swift community. Uh, I was the instructor of several courses, and I was running uh, these meetups, mainly focused on iOS. Let's talk about some specifics. So... SwiftFest is in uh, Boston on June 8th, or no, wait, 11th. 18th no. and 19th. 18th and 19th, yes. Uh, 18th and 19th? Yep. Wait a second. So for some reason, I kept thinking it was the Monday after DubDub, but it's the following Monday? It's a couple of Mondays after, <laughs> if my calendar is I thought is for not. some reason, I'm going to look it up on the calendar right now. I swear, I thought it was June 11th and 12th. Yep. It's June 18th and 19th. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. That changes a lot of things. Good thing I didn't buy any tickets yet, like a, <laughs> like a plane ticket. <laughs> I swear I thought it was 18 and 19. Uh, sorry, 11 and 12. 
<laughs> um, and I was like, Lucy, you know, my wife, because uh, I'm going to Dub Dub and I, I want her to come up with me. And I'm like, then we got to fly straight to Boston. And I'm like, what are we going to do? This and that. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm just going to like put that aside and I'm going to think about that personally, like offline, because that, that like changes a lot of things <laughs> for me. Oh, man. Okay. So it is on the 18th and the 19th. And where in Boston exactly? Uh, Georgie, you kind of mentioned it, um, but you said it's like some theater. What, what's the theater yes, called? Yes, the Calderwood Pavilion Theater. It's a, a fantastic theater with two stages that is in Tremont Street, um, half a mile from Boston Common and uh, in the South End. That is one of the most interesting area of Boston itself pretty unique from an architectural perspective, pretty unique from a food perspective. It's really an experience. Okay, so I'm looking at the website now. It is the Calderwood Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And there's like this cool statue. What statue is this on the website? The guy on the horse? Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Is that, the, near, is that near the conference? Well, it's the hotel of the conference. It's the Revere Hotel, and Paul Revere oh, was wow. uh, uh, an hero of uh, an American hero, actually. Wow! And it's like in a nice park. Uh, one thing I really liked about um, Dub Dub in San Jose is like it's right by, like right in the middle, and there's like a park there, and there's a lot of like cool places to walk around. That's what I'm sort of getting from from this. And you are absolutely right. Yeah, um, like Swift Summit, for instance, is really cool, but it's like kind of like really far away from a lot of things. Like uh, the the place is amazing, but it's kind of far away. This I'm kind of getting the vibe of like you're kind of in the middle of the city. That's absolutely correct. You're I love that part of town for how walkable it is, and in general, Boston's a super walkable city. Um, but you're right right by the Boston Commons, which is uh, where that statue I believe is located. Um, mm -hmm. There's a thousand and a half things one can do down there when they're uh, not at the conference. So real quick about my trip in Boston, I was there for like less than 24 hours. I uh, went to see the Decemberists play at the Orpheum Theater. I took a bus from Washington, D.C. to New York to Boston. I met a DJ on the bus. He told me to visit him after the show at the Enormous Room uh, in, in Boston, which is like near the college kind of town, like over the bridge. And I went and saw the show, had a blast, went to the Enormous Room, met with him, and uh, he got me into the, to the place. He, like, took care of me. I ended up falling asleep at the place. <laughs> and, and I woke up, and he was, like, on a bench, and I was on a bench. <laughs> and, um, and I just woke up. I got on a bus and went back to Washington, D.C. So I was, like, and that was, like, 9 in the morning. So I literally was there for, like, less than 24 hours. That was my – and maybe I went to Boston, like, back in the day for, like, an eighth grade, like, school trip, you know, when you, like, go to, yeah. like, visit the, all the – Anyways, um, so that was my that's my only uh, sort of experience with Boston. Um, okay, so what do you guys expect in terms of attendees? I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of local um, people, like people in and around the area. But what about people coming um, from far away? Uh, you know, not everybody, for instance, got tickets to Dub Dub, but this is right around that same time. Like uh, maybe this could be a good opportunity to come to a conference if you didn't go to Dub Dub, for instance, and you and you don't live in Boston. Absolutely, and. Uh, <clears throat> We also had uh, a couple of promotions going on. One is for people that get rejected <laughs> from DubDub. Oh, nice. And one is for people that get accepted. Because both of them, they deserve something special. People that get uh, rejected, they need uh, for sure the discount code. Because they are sad and they want to get to another conference. But we were not our uh, their first choice. People that get accepted, for sure, they have budget constraints. So they deserve a discount code as well. Nice. And where can they find the info on the... Twitter. On twitter.com slash the Swiftfest. There are all the information and uh, we have uh, a pretty active uh, Twitter feed that uh, on a daily basis post information to get uh, the last new, latest news on our speakers and they get, uh, the latest news on our promotions. Okay, awesome. Um, I was talking with Garo the other day because I think he said he was considering submitting a talk and he was like, yeah, it's really cool. The talks are a little longer. I think they're like 45 minutes. Most places, you know, they might be like 25 minutes. But he also said something about these workshops. So can you tell us um, like how that's kind of different? Like you have these longer talks, but then also like what are these workshops? Absolutely. Workshops are 90 minutes, one hour and a half, and um, are focused for 
uh, engineers that want to do hands-on uh, experience. And we have right now four workshops that are outlined. One is from uh, uh, Joshua, he's a speaker of the that comes from the Ray Wender Lake group. One is from Matt, and we have other two that will be announced this week with the full agenda. The talk itself is 45 minutes because we want to give deep content to our attendees. We want to give uh, not just, uh, and with all, all the respect, but not just uh, an highlight of a topic. We want to really give to the speaker the opportunity to go deep and uh, to uh, the attendees to really get the haha moment when they are listening to the speak. On top of this, 45 minutes, it's uh, very strategic because we keep 15 minutes between each talk. This gives us the time to have a very high interaction with the speaker, with a, uh, with a very long session of questions and answers. And on top of this, give the time to all the attendees to take a break, decide what to see next, and talk to each other. Because uh, you were right again when you mentioned that at the very beginning. Getting people together and having an opportunity to know how cool is the person that was sitting close to you it's the key part of making a different experience in a conference. Right. And uh, I totally forgot to mention, I mean, I, I said it a couple of times, maybe on, on a couple of different podcasts, but I'm emceeing the, uh, the conference. <laughs> I totally forgot, actually. I was Ooh. like, yeah, this conference sounds cool. I want to go. <laughs> I totally forgot <laughs> that I'm, em I'm emceeing the conference along with uh, Andy Hope. So we, uh, you know, we emceed together uh, at Swiss Summit. And, uh, and actually what I wanted to mention was how I even heard about the conference. So at Swiss Summit, I met someone. I have to shout him out. His name is Jeff. Uh, yep. What's his last name? Is it O'Leary? O'Leary. Yep. One yeah. of the co-organizers. Okay, so Jeff is the co-organizer. Yep. Okay, because when we met, uh, he he wasn't very clear. Like you know, I think maybe it was early on when he was just kind of getting involved. But like he, but I think maybe it, it goes back to that kind of spirit of like it's a community driven. So maybe when when he was mentioning it to me, it was like he felt like already a part of it. Um, but maybe at, after like he started getting involved more, I don't know. But um, yeah, so like we met at Swift Summit and he, I think he, you know, he maybe already knew the podcast, I'm not sure. And he was like, just had, a, he had a lot of fun, like being an attendee and like uh, getting to watch Andy and I BMCs. I think he like thought that we were fun or whatever. And he's like, dude, you guys should, you guys should MC Swift Fest. And, uh, you know, one of my goals uh, was to be able to just like travel and visit different cities. And like if Swift could help me do that. Like, that'd be awesome. So it was really cool to, like, feel like that was coming to, to fruition. Um, but at the time, I wasn't really sure, like, how real it was. And then Jeff finally at some point reached out to Andy and I on Twitter. And, uh, and like, it was, it was, like, becoming more real. So anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. And then also um, Marcy Reg Regaldo, Regalado. Regalado. Yeah, is, is an MC. So that's really cool. We have three MCs. So that's pretty awesome. Marcy's oh. awesome. I got the opportunity to MC with her at DroidCon. Uh, she's just fantastic on the stage and has a great energy. Ooh, wow. We're going to get like, we're going to be like the three best MCs. We're going to just like, it's going to be amazing. People are just going to, Andy and I were pretty funny. You know, Andy did like a whole bit, like a whole Australian, um, what's that guy? Pat, the, 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 the Crocodile Hunter? I don't know. Oh, remember. yes. Oh, Steve <laughs> yeah, Irwin. Steve Irwin. Like, he did a whole bit, and it was it was funny. There was, like, I don't want to get too into it, but then, like, afterwards, we went to, like, the, the bar, and one of the attendees was, like, kind of making me feel bad for, like, being, like, being myself on stage. You know, he's like, what are you doing on stage? You're committing, um, committing professional suicide or something. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm having fun. <laughs> and um, so... Like, and now I'm going to Boston, so chip on my shoulder. Yeah, but whatever. It's all good. Um, okay, Sean, I wanted to ask you, uh, and I want to ask you, Giorgio, as well. Um, like, not playing favorites or anything, but just, like, who are you? Give me, like, one or two people that you're excited to, you know, hear about. Because I'm looking at the list of speakers, and you guys already have a huge list of speakers. Um, so just, like, anyone that you can remember. Like, what can we, what are you excited to hear? I think uh, I'm really excited to hear uh, Susan Bennett give a talk. Uh, she is a, our keynote speaker, the original voice of Siri. And the reason why is uh, like her, her talk is called Accidentally Famous. 
And I very much feel like I accidentally entered uh, my job as like an engineer and just like the ways it sort of came about. So I want to hear someone else share like their own personal story about how they got something crazy to happen to them. Awesome. And then like, talk about why, so this I'm assuming is not Swift related, like directly, but like my guess is it, the idea is to provide content that like provides a well-rounded experience maybe. So can you talk a little bit about that or, or maybe it is Swift related? Well, no, Susan, it's definitely not Swift related. It's her experience about uh, being the, the new, the voice of Siri and uh, starting to be a person that uh, around two millions of Twitter followers love, they deeply love her, <laughs> uh, simply because um, Siri started to be one of the most useful companion of everybody uh, when traveling or when uh, going to work and so on. And uh, the idea of having her, it's exactly to break down with the with a with a swift and technical content for the keynote and being inspirational that's a, a lady that i know i know her personally she's fantastic she the she's absolutely a person that can give us a lot especially because she is not technical and she found herself doing a very technical job uh hitting uh, and uh hitting one of the, of the most popular devices ever so that's the reason why she is over there. There are also another couple of speakers that I think that are fantastic coming back to your original question. One is Erika Sadun. That, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I had her on the podcast uh, actually like really early on when I was first kind of getting the podcast going. She was, I would say, like at the time, the most well-known person I interviewed. And she's, she's great. Yeah. Do you know what and she's that? talking about? She's talking about communication between Swift and C++. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at the page now. Swift's future belongs to those who show up. She definitely shows up. I mean, she's so active. She's, like, constantly contributing in terms of, like, proposals. And uh, that's, really, that's really cool that you guys got her. And I'm also seeing Ish Shabazz. I think he is an iOS developer here in L.A., um, that was really cool, and I see Harlan is on here. I, I interviewed him uh, recently. Um, I also I like that you guys have a mix of like well-known people and um, and I guess up and coming or not so well-known. You know, like a lot of the conferences, it can kind of just become like the same people and over over and over again. And um, me, you know, I would love to be a conference speaker, but you know, I'm not you know someone who's giving so many conference talks, but. Uh, it's cool that you guys have a mix. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that might be important for you? Absolutely. Well, oh, yeah. uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so that that really ties back to the community-driven aspect of this. And throughout our entire construction of throughout our entire time constructing the agenda, we like we're actively asking ourselves like, are we favoring those who are in the conference circuit uh, because they're a name that might like attract people? Are we uh, balancing the needs that we have with the community to like have representation here. Are we being diverse and inclusive with the the you know demographics that are being represented by the speakers? So we one we made sure that we had a, a CFP and we widely disseminated the CFP so anyone could submit a talk. When we voted on those talks and we actually were going through them, we had no idea who the actual speaker was and it was really just a vote cast because of the content of the talk. Um, there are a few people we we sought out because. They had a topic we thought was valuable. We wanted to have, um, you know, we wanted them to be able to get something out of the conference as much as we got something out of them being at the conference. Uh, so we really took like a multi-pronged approach to make sure that we got uh, everyone from big names to, to people who are doing it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, you have to get like at least a, a few people, you know, to m make it seem really attractive. Like, oh, wow, I want to go there to hear the voice of Siri, right? But um, and you have to. No one's going to like make you feel bad about that or blame you for that. But the fact that you guys went so far out of your way to make it inclusive, not just in the attendees, but the, the speakers, so it is really awesome. And so it sounds like you did blind, sort of like blind voting. or um, That's correct. Uh, That's yeah, like, exactly what like we did. Like you didn't know the person's name while you were looking at the proposal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And are you guys still accepting uh, proposals or is the speaker list done? Tomorrow morning, uh, we have uh, a call to finalize uh, the people that made it with the call for papers. And then uh, we're keeping uh, 
three or four slots open because we think that uh, once the agenda is out, as should happen this Monday, uh, we'll have uh, a, we'll have a queue of people that want to speak, and we want to hear from this community. Right. We- right. Awesome. Okay. And uh, Georgia, I saw that you wanted to mention something about Jeff. We were talking about Jeff O'Leary, um, how I met him at Swift uh, Summit. What did you want to mention about Jeff? Well, the truth about Jeff is that... Uh, <laughs> the truth about Jeff. Yes, <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> he was uh, uh, first involved in Swift as, as a sponsor because he is an engineering manager at Wayfair uh, in the iOS team. And uh, we were in touch because he was interested in sponsoring and then uh, wafer committed and so on but even before that well i had a, such a good conversation with him on the phone that uh, one day i sent an email and say why you're not helping me to organize the conference and he said yes that's it so when you met him at swift summit probably was just a sponsor and not a co-organizer but that's good to know that he was so enthusiastic because it means that he was really in love with what we were doing uh, uh, back in October, September, October. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so shout out to Jeff. And also, he was there with, um, I believe his name is Ronald. He was there with, with two other people. So I remember Jeff, because I spoke with him a lot, and I remember Ronald, and maybe there was one other person. I apologize if, uh, for, for not remembering. Um, yeah, so it was really cool. He was, like, super, uh, he was, like, one of my favorite attendees. He was always, like, really uh, nice and, like, gave uh andy and i good feedback so which is really cool um you know because it's not easy to like go up there and and uh mc you know i mean i guess you could you could just go up there and like be boring or just like not i don't i don't want to sound mean but like just be like okay next speaker but andy and i really tried to like make it entertaining and make it fun you know because like you're sitting there for a while and you're just like listening to people talk and you kind of could get tired but we try to like bring it a little mix, a little spice, you know, make it a little fun. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta remind people why they're there and remind them that this isn't just about being nerdy. <laughs> Do you ever heard about Sean being an MC? Sean, uh, our, our Sean, Sean yeah, uh, Olszewski. Yes. Is Sean? Oh, that's right. You said you were an MC at the Droid conference. Correct. I was. Is, uh, I was hiding my identity as an iOS developer. <laughs> that's not true you are not hiding it uh, droid conference i'm assuming it's android yes mm-hmm. that's correct. okay is that like a google thing or is it an independent thing it's an independent thing okay where is that well it happens all around the world uh, okay. the one she the one that sean is referring to happened in boston and uh, uh it happened also that uh, i organized also DroidCon. so i'm I'm l- literally with the C++ uh, experience that I had in my past years and in my current years, I'm always being working cross platforms. So same spirit, same things, but let's focus on Sean. He was fantastic as an MC. Yeah. He did such a great job. And uh, he was making jokes about Swift to Android developers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, can you give us one of the jokes or? Uh, sure. Uh, nice. So, uh, so this was kind of just what I did, but we were, we were handling, handing out uh, books because uh, I believe it was Big Nerd Ranch who sponsored that conference. And so we have a little bit of a tradition in the Boston meetup communities where uh, to raffle stuff off, you kind of just go around the room, you know, everyone says a number, Pers- person closest without going over gets the item. It's not original, but it works. I do the, you know, we have a lot of these books to give out. So we have a large room, U-shaped room, and I'm just kind of going around, counting people off one by one by one getting all their numbers, and it's like, okay, time to generate the number. So I was like, oh, I could maybe like roll a die or go to a website, but I just decided to ask Siri on the stage what the number was, and uh, <laughs> that made quite a few people upset, especially because Siri gave me an answer before Google did, so. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, that, that's kind of true, because at a certain <laughs> point, you thrown up uh, your iOS device on the stage, and someone else said, okay, Google, give me a random number. And the number came while Siri was a little bit embarrassed in giving you the random number. Oh, okay. (laughs) I will add that someone else was Giorgio, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'm looking at the website right now. You're also giving a talk at the conference, uh, Patterns and Methodologies for uh, Test Suite Design. Yep, that is correct. What's that about? So, uh, 
Working at Pivotal Labs, I had mentioned earlier, we test drive all of our code, and we have a lot of experience sort of designing test suites, designing automated tests, and that's something I care about deeply, personally. Uh, before I came to Pivotal, I cared a lot about it. I like, to, I like to be able to answer the question, how do I know it works? But how do I know it works? So uh, this talk is a, sort of a culmination of the, the past few years of practice and studying I've done around uh, designing test suites and test-driven development with uh, Swift being the language that I implemented in. So I, I have a music background. Uh, I love music software. So I've been actually building a, a music application in my spare time and sort of using it as a case study for test-driven development for test suite design because it's a pretty challenging domain to execute those skills in. So it's kind of walking through some of the, the pains and, and victories I've had building this application. Wow, this is awesome. I actually really look forward to this talk. I. I like, um, I don't know, I like testing. I like writing tests. Uh, and I have a, a personal project where I experiment with, uh, you know, testing. I don't really know if, like, the things I'm testing I should be testing or if I'm testing it in the right way. One of the things that has been coming up recently at work is, like, um, you know, for instance, like, the proper way to mock services and, you know, um, let's say I have like a, an object that uses some sort of API service and I'm testing my object and then I have another object over there that uses the same API service and, um, and I create like a mock just for that, that um, object that I'm testing. Like I started scratching my head. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like if I'm mocking my service, like I should probably mock it with one mock in the same way like that way I'm testing, it kind of forces me to test my objects in the same way, which make my objects kind of like act similar. I don't know, these are the kind of the things that um, I'm dealing with to, uh, like right now with my, you know, my drive for testing. And I don't know if your talk is going to, you know, mention those things, but that's sort of what comes to mind. It definitely will touch upon those patterns, yeah. Like sort of, sort of the testing pattern you're edging around is, a, is something called a collaboration test. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you're trying to validate that these two components like interact with each other in the way you, you expect. Um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about that pattern among uh, several other patterns that are super useful for, the, for, for some of those problems you're actually facing. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. something I look forward to being able to shed some insight on. And so Giorgio, you have, it sounds like, experience in um, conferences. You, you, did you say that you helped produce the Droid conference? No, I produced oh, okay. it. So, say that again? I produce it. The oh, wow. You, I love that. No, I produced it. Nice. Okay. So have you produced any other conferences or is it um, just those two or? Just those two. And wow. in the past, uh, I, I I ran several meetups also with 200 people, 250 once. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So it's kind of my hobby. That's cool. I mean, yeah. And you're like, you must be, I mean, you're really busy. I'm assuming you have like a pretty important job it sounds like but you're also doing these conferences like that's awesome you know because i know how you know i know like what it takes i know it takes like, you, you got to push yourself and so <coughs> you know we just want to sit and we want to watch tv but man you're really you're doing a lot um so what are you going to be doing do you think like on the day of are you sort of like the day of coordinator like you're running around making sure everything is like uh, running smoothly um, or like on the day of the conference are you more kind of hanging out in the back? No, uh, the day of the conference, uh, the first day of the conference is probably the most relaxing one <laughs> <laughs> because nice. uh, everything should happen before. Uh, and by everything, I mean uh, small details like uh, having electricity everywhere, uh, fixing uh, the boats for every sponsor, uh, having uh, all of the... Mm. speakers getting a nice room uh, the speakers party is done so it's really a relaxing days uh, and it's also possible because I have uh, several good people that is working with me uh, one is Barbara she's the event manager another is Andres that is the, org the coordinator of the volunteers on top of these guys we have Sean Matt Zev Jeff, that are my co-organizers, and the day of the and I, oh, and don't forget about Lucy. Lucy, you will meet Lucy Garrick. You will love Lucy. The reaction <laughs> usually everybody that speak once with Lucy ask me the day the, the year after when I do the second edition of whatever event, Lucy will be there, right? Yes. Okay. 
it's, it's a fantastic person. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they helped me so much that uh, by by Monday, 9.30 a.m., after we've done uh, the greatest part of the check-in, it's just relaxing. And by relaxing, I mean probably hiding somewhere and taking some rest, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And uh, I think you mentioned that you wanted to potentially uh, turn this into like a, a platform uh, where you're able to do it in different places. I mean, Giorgio, you're working in Seattle now. Uh, are you guys contemplating like doing Swift Fest in other places? Of course, yes. And um, the main goal of uh, the events that I do, it's bringing people together. So whenever uh, we'll find other venues, other locations, and Seattle is potentially the next one, um, we'll make it happen. Because uh, the platform is not just giving a media kit to someone and run an event, but really working with him and or with her, whatever it will be, and uh, supply all the experience of the past years, avoiding to make mistakes, and uh, keeping the spirit of the conference as it is. That again, it's independent, and that's uh, that's the powerful thing of both the events. I see what you're saying. So, like, um, you're saying that like you could kind of just give. You said media kit. Like, it's almost like you kind of hand it over and someone can easily create the conference in their city, but obviously you'll be there to help, uh, you know, facilitate and, and kind of like lead. Um, that's, that's really cool. It's almost like a conference. I mean, I don't want it to sound like too generic, but like a conference in a box or something. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a nice definition. And I will not just be there. I will, I will be helpful throughout the process and I will ask uh, my co-organizers to help me in doing this because uh, and Sean correct me if I'm wrong but the end goal of each of us it's pretty common it's it's shared we want to make it uh, happen we want the conference being community driven and expand as much as possible from uh, uh, from a city's perspective perspective and from uh, an attendee's perspective yeah yeah absolutely well, I I want to uh, I'm always wanted to do a conference in LA, and uh, maybe we'll do one. Maybe we can do Swift Fest LA. Um, you know, we don't have a conference, which is crazy. I think maybe it's because Dub Dub is so close. Um, but I feel like there's an opportunity to do a conference in LA. So I know you guys probably have other cities that you want to do. But when uh, when the time comes, I'd love to help out with LA. And you know, I already have like the community out here with um, all my meetups, and and uh, we have like really great. Uh, meetup organizers out here and, and session leaders and I've already wanted to do it. Um, I, I I might even have a venue. You know, that's the hardest part, right? Is like finding. I never a venue. told you that I love LA, right? Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it. Um, what about uh, what about like uh, sponsors? How's that been? Like, for instance, um, this year, Apple has kind of uh, you know kind of come out of the the woodwork and they're starting to like be more open and involved with the community. They sponsored, they, they didn't sponsor Swift summit, but they like, you know, they let people, you know, Swift, um, engineers like Apple Swift engineers, like go speak. Um, have you guys like tried at all to reach out to Apple and get some, uh, connection connections there? I know uh, maybe you can't speak about it. Y- yes, uh, I can. It's uh, not confidential. I reached out. Um, and um, I think that I got a very positive answer. They're very interested to uh, to support the 2019 edition right. because they need uh, at least one year in advance notice. They want to know more about uh, the program uh, and right. the speakers that are involved. But I think I found a really very... Um, I, so it was easy. It was an easy conversation. And I want to say thanks to Apple for listening to me. Oh, I'm sorry, you cut out there for a second. What did you say? I said that uh, um, I really want uh, to say thanks to Apple for simply listening to me, and that was an easy conversation. It was not too much complicated or too full of uh, paperwork. Oh, and right. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like it's super cool that they're like becoming more open. You know, the fact that uh, they gave, I don't, I don't know how to say it, they allowed... I don't know how to say it. Like two of their employees to go speak at a Swift Summit, and then like there was a, a couple other conferences. I think Tri Swift 
either Tokyo or Japan or New York where um, some Apple people came and, and spoke. So it's just really cool. Yeah, so 2019, that makes sense, you know, that because this is the first year of Swift Fest, so you guys do one event, you kind of, you know, prove, not prove yourself, but like that kind of a thing, like show show what you guys are up to, and then that'd be really awesome to uh, to, to get them involved. And, um, you know, Boston's like a huge, a huge city, and uh, it, it makes total sense that, like, there should be a big conference there you know it's like a giant city and um the development scene it sounds like the development scene is really cool out there yeah there, there are some who are hypothesizing it's shifting over to boston uh, that we're becoming the new silicon valley i don't know Ooh. if i buy that or not but there there is a phenomenally rich technology scene here given we have so many schools mit being one of them northeastern university another um and it's a city full of young vibrant innovators who are constantly trying to build so I, th- I think it's the perfect backdrop for many, many technology conferences. All right. I completely agree. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, if I was, you know, in, in the area, I might want to move to Boston. You know, it could be a good place to, uh, to, to get some opportunities if there's, like, a lot of cool companies out there that are hiring. Um, I want to mention the Swift Fest ticket giveaway so swift fest has been uh, kind enough to give uh the podcast two free tickets to give away to to anybody uh, i'm not really sure how i want to give them away yet but basically my hope would be that there are uh, two people out there that want to go to the conference that w- could really you know benefit from the two tickets like they you know c- couldn't really go otherwise or it'd be really like difficult or hard for them to go, and they actually can go. And uh, whether you're in Boston or you're you're not, um, yeah. So I have two tickets. I'm thinking that once you hear, as soon as you hear this episode, just reach out to me on Twitter. Either you know, just t- just tweet me like you know, like publicly or whatever, or direct message me, and just tell me. You know, just say hi. Tell me that you want to go to to the conference and that you want to get the uh, get a free ticket. And um, I'll probably wait, like I don't know, maybe maybe a week or something. I'm not really sure. See how many people respond. And uh, I'll probably just pick somebody at random. I know that kind of like sucks, but I don't really know how else how else to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you so much for for the uh, the tickets. And uh, hopefully you will be the lucky winner. Um, what else? Okay, we wanted to talk about, uh, Giorgio, you mentioned uh, James Graham. You wanted to mention, he's also listed as a speaker, I believe. Um, but I think you wanted to mention him because he is also a co- co-organizer, maybe? or No, <clears throat> I have a nice story about James. Oh, okay. He's a first-time speaker. Oh, wow. And... Uh, he reached out to me June 2017 when Swiftfest was really just the logo on the website and nothing else, uh, asking me a question. What is that? Uh, when it's happening? And so on. And we started to have a conversation. The conversation happened just by email. And by email, I asked him, but by the way, are you interested to doing a, a talk? And he said, well, let me think about it. He came back after a few days and uh, he said, yeah, I may be interested. Uh, and then we started to discuss the topic and uh, he came out with uh, this uh, pretty vertical talk about NSURL protocol and he started to work on the slides and was September so really (laughs) in advance and we started to review and work together on the slides so really we jumped on and out uh, we started to talk uh, reviewing the slides make changes and so on and then i asked if he was interested to try the the, the talk in uh, one of my own of the meetup that i ran in boston and he said yes of course why not he show up uh, the fourth or fifth of november something like that at mobile team he did the talk well was one of the best talk i ever saw Wow. Perfect. Completely technical. Super technical. And he was speaking so well in front of people. He really uh, got the audience from the beginning till the end. And that's why 
I wanted to mention him because he was without any speaking, uh, public speaking experience. And he obviously has talent, but we work it together. And that's a call out if some of uh, the people that is listening to the podcast is interested and want to do a talk. We still have some room, very few, but reach out. We'll work with you, all of us. And uh, we'll support you with anything that we can do to be able to have uh, a new, fresh speaker at Swift as 2018. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it could be tough, you know, if you, for instance, have the feeling that you want to give a conference talk, um, but you might be afraid because your topic you might feel isn't good enough or you might be worried about whether or not you're a good enough speaker. The fact that you guys are putting that much effort in making it accessible for speakers is really important um, because we need to we need to get new voices out there uh, as much as it's awesome to have the same you know kind of like the rock star or you call it i think conference circuit like those those people Mm -hmm. we need that too because they give great uh talks and and really good um content we need to you know bring up the next the next uh you know speakers and and everybody had their first like for instance someone that comes to mind is john sundell amazing 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 but like at some point he had his first right and so um in order to like bring up that next person uh, you got to give them the opportunity. So that's really cool that you guys are, are doing that. Uh, one of the other things we wanted to, to make um, clear and mention is, again, that we are uh, going to have a, a conference party on a cruise ship uh, down the Charles R- River. How long is the party going to be for? It's like uh, starts around like 8 or something and goes till what time? Starts 7 p.m. and ends by 9 p.m. Okay, nice. So it's a good like two-hour social gathering, maybe with some uh, food, food and drinks or something. Absolutely, food, drinks, and some music. Nice. Oh, music and the moonlight. <laughs> That's awesome. And another thing uh, we wanted to mention uh, is that Ray Wenderlich is sponsoring the conference. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, they are offering us uh, several books to give away, and uh, yeah. And we cannot say anything more than thanks and that we are excited to give away 30 books about uh, iOS and Swift. Yeah, they've done a recent uh, kind of reach out to everybody. They were reaching out to all the conference and meetup organizers. And uh, I think it was just as easy as like reaching out to them and saying, hey, I organized you know, this meetup and that they would send they would send you books. So I think um, some of the um, LA meetup, like Learn Swift LA and Swift Coders reached out to them. I think we're getting some books to give away. And uh, I, uh, I'm i going to be interviewing some of the book authors and we'll have some books to give away too, which is really cool. So yeah, I mean, I, I learned to code because of Ray Wenderlich. So it's really awesome that they're getting involved as well and um, love to support them. Um, all right, guys. So, is there anything else that we want to mention before we uh, end the show? That we cannot wait to see you on stage. <laughs> Are you talking about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited, man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be happy to uh, get to talk with you in person about some of the some of the Lauren Swift stuff we've been doing out here and and how we can make the communities better. But ultimately, just excited to have the conference. Excited to have time on the air to talk to you about it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today and telling us uh, about the conference. Uh, you know, Giorgio, you have experience doing these uh, things, and it's really, it's really great to know that um, you're putting it on for the Swift community and that it, it's not, it doesn't sound like it's just like this conference that you're putting on, like almost like a money grab type of a thing. It doesn't sound like that at all. It sounds like you really reached into the Swift, like local Swift community in Boston, the iOS community in Boston, and you, um, you know, brought them all together, right? Like, hey, we're all doing cool things separately. Let's all get together and let's put on a really cool conference. And I think that is like really special and admirable. And, um, and I relate to that. I want to I do that here in L.A. too. So thank you for doing that. And Sean, you know, thank you for um, thank you for submitting a talk. Right. And then and then getting. Um, oh, and also being a part of like Learn Swift Boston, you know, and, and holding it down in Boston um, and teaching people how to uh, to code, you know, with Swift and then uh, taking upon yourself to become a co-organizer of the conference and, uh, you know, 
um, provide more of yourself for the community. Uh, you know, this stuff is really important. I was actually thinking about it the other day. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like what I want to do. You know, do I want to just keep like uh, coding, or like do I want to like do code and music, for instance, or like what what is it? You know, because coding ultimately is like a tool, right? And what do we want to like create with it? And and I was thinking about like wow, you know, just with like my meetup and the podcast like I'm able to make a huge impact in people's lives. Like I get messages from people all the time, like in, you know, getting people's uh, jobs or helping them start meetups or helping them start podcasts. Like I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. And like, I shouldn't take that for granted. Um, and so the work that you guys are doing there, hosting meetups, hosting this podcast, um, helping people do their first uh, conference talk like that's life-changing stuff so thank you so much for doing all that and for coming on the show today to share all that with us absolutely Garrick. we're nothing without one another and we're happy to to be a part of it yeah, yeah. Garrick, thanks for having us and it's a pleasure doing all i can do for the communities yeah all right guys i will talk with you later thanks again and that's the show ladies and gentlemen I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends. Swift Coders.